But at the same time, that all happens and that perspective taking helps me. But back to the body, the body holds so much of the wounding and the nervous system is the operating system of our experience of moving through the world. Right. So for me, it's like, yes, the spiritual, but also how do I care for this sacred vessel so that it can be regulated and feel safe? And back to your point, register and recognize there is no actual threat. When I see her expression or I hear her words, I am not in danger. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Curiously Wise podcast. I am Lauren Wittig, your host today, and I have Kristen Taylor here with me. And if you've listened to any of my other podcast episodes, you'll know that I love a great conversation, and I know that we're going to have a great conversation today. Let me tell you a little bit about Kristen before we get started. Kristen Taylor, MA, is a life and executive coach. She brings over 20 years of counseling and coaching experience and blends elements of neuroscience nervous system and emotional regulation, mindfulness and psychology into her approach, relying heavily on teaching self-compassion. And I know we're going to talk about self-compassion today. She specializes in working with leaders who are experiencing unwelcome levels of stress, anxiety, and imposterism. There's another word that I want to talk about, which is the experience of unwarranted self-doubt and feeling not good enough. Kristen also hosts the podcast, How I Made It Through, which is premised on the immortal words of Robert Frost, who said, the best way out is always through. Stories of making it through are offered as a survival guide, both as inspiration and encouragement, while normalizing the mental health struggles so many of us navigate. Welcome to Curiously Wise, Kristen. I'm looking so forward to this conversation. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm really excited to be here and have a conversation with you. I'm not sure where to start because there's so many things that I want to talk about. But let's start with this idea of self-compassion. Because that's something mm -hmm. I think we don't get taught in our culture and we all need badly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's no accident. I mean, as I'm listening to you read my bio, everything that you said are things that I am working on. I chose these things because they are deeply personal to me and they are places where I have needed to invest the most work and have had the greatest and most profound areas of growth, but they're not easy. They require a continual practice. And for me, I believe one of my contracts in this lifetime is to practice self compassion with myself and bring it to others because it is a hard one skill practice i hate to say discipline but priority in my life yeah don't you find it's easier i know i find it's easier to teach people something i have had to struggle to learn 100 percent, because yeah. the depth of my empathy and patience mm -hmm. and care right again like the soul's contract part of it like I just feel so deeply connected to it mm -hmm. and see how meaningful it is. So yes, that's where my interest already lies. So describe what you mean by self-compassion for somebody who may not understand the term. Yeah, self-compassion to me really supports us in our growth, in our resilience. When I say self-compassion, 
There's so much to it. So it could easily go into like, oh, baby and yourself, letting yourself off the hook. There's so much about grit and resilience and fortitude and toughness. And I would say conversely, those things when practiced in a way where there is the ability to truly, not just in the short term, but long term, move through something, require the ability to self-reflect from a self-compassionate place. So it's not just about boosting the ego. It's about truly coming from a place of unconditional love so that we can see our flaws, know our flaws, not excuse our flaws, but embrace them, mm-hmm. embrace who we are. So that it reminds me of like an internal locus of control, if people have heard that term, versus an external. So our self-worth is not governed by how we perform and what others think, believe, or what we project they might be thinking or believing, but truly from a very like the ground of our being is based in love. When we falter, we will have our own back so that we can continue to rise and get up and do what we are here to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's such a skill and it, it is, it's hard. Well, it was hard for me certainly to, to start giving myself some slack, you know, and like you said, not in letting me off the hook for responsibilities, but in going, okay, I didn't do that very well, but I did the best I could in the moment Yes, and I'm learning from it. And I often say to my clients that when we have pain, we have whatever we're working on, when we, when we can let go of the, of the pain of it, we get to keep the wisdom. Mm, I love that, Laura. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of my big giveaways to my clients is that whatever it is that's causing fear, I exhibited a lot of fear in my journey and it still crops up because we all keep working on these things. But when I first realized it was fear, it allowed me to go, oh, hmm. So what's triggering that? What am I feeling fear about? Is it real? And that's where I needed a lot of help. I've worked with a lot of healers over the years. Is it real fear? I mean, is it is it a real thing to be afraid of or is it that story that you keep telling yourself? Right. Is it, I hear you saying, is it an actual threat? Yes. Or is it, and this is the neuroscience, like is it a, a loop I have just been going through so repeatedly in different chapters of my life that just my brain just goes there yep. and then the nervous system goes there, cascading of all those hormones and the experience of fear can really hijack us. So it can be hard to discern, is this an actual threat or does my body simply, and and I don't even say simply, I'm going to take that out because oh, big, when the body is saying five alarm fire and someone just says, change your thoughts, it's like, well, you know, we're built to survive and my nervous system is saying it's a threat. Yeah. So one thing, I mean, we have to learn to soothe the nervous system Mm -hmm. so that we can get to our prefrontal cortex and actually ask the question is this real is it not yeah and that i know for me that's always been i i was had a hair trigger to fear yes me too years i grew up in a family that was very dysfunctional and didn't feel safe to me so i was always jumping to fear because i was always afraid something was going to happen even though yes usually it was just loud yelling it it was a lot yeah especially when you're a little kid you know Well, especially now that you shared with me that you're an intuitive healer and just everything that I'm picking up from you about who you are, people who are more empathetic 
who are more natural empaths, intuitives, highly sensitive, when there's that overstimulation, whether it's yelling or pounding of bodies against a wall or, you know, the, the little child and that little nervous system, it gets so dysregulated. Yeah. It like conditions how we respond to stress. Right. 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 Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't figure that out until my 50s. <laughs> so it was a lot of life feeling very afraid of a lot of things. But th one of the things I had to learn is that I didn't know I was afraid of things. I just reacted in my normal way. Mm, it was like normal, it. right? Yeah. It, yes. was the, it was the environment I grew up in that was normal. I didn't know that wasn't normal. And so I was lucky to marry a man who's very good at normal. Oh, to help me learn what that was. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah a different normal. Yeah. Different yeah. normal. But did you know, that's so curious to me, did you know that you were in distress? I knew that I was hypersensitive. Mm -hmm. I knew that I cried at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. I knew that it was holding me back because I couldn't say what I needed to say. So there was a part of me that knew, but I also thought it was something wrong with me. Well, that is exactly where I meet clients. Mm -hmm. And that's the crux of so much of the work that I've been doing, that these beliefs, these stories, these narratives, this organizing principle of our sense of who we are, yeah. associated with a sense of brokenness, like, if I'm feeling these feelings, if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm crying at the drop of a hat or whatever it is that we say is different or distressing, mm -hmm. that it becomes like a character assassination. It becomes part of our identity right. rather than symptoms we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. I was the crier. <laughs> exactly. Listen to that. I yeah, was. I was the crier. I still cry sometimes, but nothing like I used to because I know now that that is a sign that I'm feeling afraid of something. So and I have that tool now. So, yeah. And even the language to say, you know, sometimes I cry versus I am a crier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and, why I didn't even catch that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And what an important message, you know, that the tears are such an important message. The body is continually giving us messages. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a place where I really work with clients is, what messages, why, why are you in pain? Why have this issue going on? What's the message of the body? Uh, yeah, it's so interesting. So this last year, and I'm almost finally healed, I got frozen shoulder. Mm. I don't know if you know what frozen shoulder is. I'm assuming mm -hmm. a lot of people don't, and I hope you never have to know what frozen shoulder is. But now I can lift my arm, and it's amazing. But it was such a harbinger, a catalyst for my healing because it was a very powerful messenger of what was not working and what I wasn't paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So can I just ask, because the healer in me is curious, was it the left arm or the right arm? Left. Okay. Tell me where you go with that, because I certainly went lots of places with that. Where I go with that is in a, in a big picture way, the energy of the right side of the body is our moving out into the world, the doing, doing, doing. So it's a more masculine mm -hmm. energy. The left side of the body is more taking in what we need. So more nurturing energy. It's much more female. And so that's one of the first things I ask. Is it left or right? Because it's like, okay, mm -hmm. so you need to work mm -hmm. on self-nurturing, self-compassion. Maybe you're doing too much for other people and your body is saying, 
stop. You need to take care of me. There's all kinds of things, but that's, that's like the biggest picture that I work with is, is it left or right mm -hmm. out in the world or not taking care of yourself? Yeah. So. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that and the work that I was doing around this as the body being a messenger in the frozen shoulder is I'm a caregiver for my mother who has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And it's the beginning stages. And she and I have always had a challenging relationship. And I have been working with my own energy healer. And it was like, you know, when you think of the metaphor of the shoulder, mm -hmm. the weight of the world on yep. your shoulders. I was holding the weight of my mother on my shoulders and almost holding up a shield. Mm -hmm. Protect myself from historically what have been difficult mm -hmm. places mm -hmm. between us. So... Whenever something comes up in the body, I love that too. The right versus the left, male, female. And it is a female relationship yep. as well. And it is my lack of knowing. And I, again, over the past year, tremendous growth, still learning how to care for myself while being a caregiver. And I know there are so many, you know, there are droves of people who understand how challenging that is. I have walked that exact path. My mother didn't have Alzheimer's, but she had dementia. So it was a, it was a, you know, you don't get as many physical changes with just regular dementia, but a narcissist with dementia. <laughs> I seem to attract people who have, you know, I have the experience to share and be empathetic. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm your girl. Yeah. If you need some, some, somebody to, you know, bounce things <laughs> off of, or just to say, yeah, honey, I know. <laughs> God bless. Yeah. It's time. There's husband, so many people out there. Yeah. Yeah. Super challenging. I learned so much and so much of my healing happened because of the, 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 I don't want to call it combat, but sometimes it felt like that. But yeah. Because I was like you, I was protecting myself at the same time that I needed to be able to, to, you know, be part of her care. So it's, it's like, a really difficult balance to walk. Yeah. And, uh, you it know, is. I'm in my 50s and you get 50 and older and that's just the chapter you're in for many of us. And it's yes, that's where I was, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So I got you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm not happy that that was something that you have gone through, but it is nice to know other people understand. Oh, yeah. And so much of my own personal growth came out of that. So it was not something I would ever wish on anybody. I would not have chosen to do it on purpose. But I'm able to do what I do now because of the healing I had to work on for myself yeah. in that process. Yes. And we got to a beautiful place of peace just a few months before she passed. That's just giving me chills. Yeah. So, yeah. That. So it's a, it's a, they're, they're still with me. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard way to learn the lessons, but it is, it, it's, you know, you go through fire if you're, you know, you get forged like iron, you know, you become stronger, more resilient, you know, sharper in a lot of ways, not in a bad way, but just like, oh, I know no, no, no. what's going on, you know, and how that finely chiseled, you become yeah, finely, finely chiseled. Yeah. That, I like that. Yeah. I said that one time to a client and he was in his sixties and he's like, are you referring to my wrinkles? Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, in the best way possible, like that is the beauty of, of age. Is yeah. that it all? wisdom should you truly slow down and right. take right. stop yeah 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 and you know hindsight is 2020 when you're in the midst of it it's really hard to tell which way is up 
oh, is it ever? Yeah. Is it ever? And that's why I, I, you know, I hired an intuitive healer. And then I worked with another. She's a brain-based wellness coach working on nervous system regulation because I knew so much. And then I hit my own wall mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, I need to go be with my mother. And she's going to say something mean and insulting and judgmental. Mm-hmm. And how do I regulate yeah. in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. You, you reached out for help. That's when I was really finding a lot of healers myself. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because it's all like, you know, the humility of this work of being a coach and being supportive of others is, again, I, I started with this is the work I'm doing and have been doing for myself. And I love your mirroring of like, yeah. you know, that makes it so meaningful to offer it to others. And so much when the timing is right, because these words can come across as glib or insensitive, but when the timing is well-placed in a conversation where someone is really recognizing, I, I, I use that, and I think many people do, our soul's contract to recognize that who we are mm-hmm. did not choose these parents and these circumstances, but at a higher level, we did for our ability to evolve and that these things happen for us, not to us. Yes. And that was one of the biggest lessons I learned because I, I had lived in the victim mode for pretty much my whole life. Yes. You know, I had alcoholic father, narcissistic mother. I just, you know, I was neglected emotionally. I was just all of these things. And I finally had to step up. And the dementia was, this is going to sound really weird, but the dementia was a gift to me because it forced me to step back and go, she is no longer capable of changing into the mother I want her to be. Right? And at that point, I had to step back and go, all right, the only person that can change here, I'm getting teary here, the only person that can change here is me, which is a massive lesson. <laughs> so I had to go, okay, I, you know, I'm, she's, she's just who she is. I forgive her. She did the best she could. And, and I was able, that's where we were able to come to a real place of peace. What was fascinating to me is that as long as I was protecting myself from her, she was mean, she was difficult, she was demanding. The minute I stepped back and went, you know, she's an old lady with dementia and she did the best she could. And all I can do is just be here for her. She softened. She even told me she was proud of me, which I had never heard of from her before. So. That was magical too, because it was a big lesson for me that I can change the way I look at things. You know, I don't, I try not to look at myself as a victim anymore. I do exactly what you said. What's in this for me? And looking back at my journey with my mom, Jane Watkins, so much of that has ended up being for me, even though it was so difficult to go through. Yes but I'm a better person. I'm more able to help other people. I'm more able to hold myself in a healthier place, healthier. Yes. Yeah. Well, frozen shoulder, there's so number one, I'm so happy for you that you arrived at that place. And that comes with such work. And the word that stands out to me as you tell that story is forgiveness. When you were able to forgive her, Mm-hmm. For not being the mom you wanted her to be. Right. I was just having a conversation with my husband this morning. As happens, you know, my mother and I had a difficult interaction. And my husband loves me so much. And he comes to my defense when I recount it. And sometimes I choose not to recount it because I know he will come to my defense. And then mm-hmm. it looks like my mom's a bad guy. I'm the good one. Mm-hmm. 
And that's, there's, it's so much more gray. Yeah. And understanding and seeing her. And I said to him, like, I am not excusing her behavior. I am explaining her behavior. And there's a very big difference. And I have to appreciate it's not like our children, you see them where they are and you hope to develop them and grow them up. I I was saying it will get worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her behavior and her ability to self-reflect, which she's always struggled with, yeah. will just diminish further and further and further. Yeah. She is not growing up. She will be growing down. Right. And that, right, which yeah. is so very challenging. And I feel like I'm in the depth of the forgiveness. I think I've forgiven her and then she does something. I realize, oh, more work to be done. Thanks <laughs> that I've forgiven her, you know, and yeah. that's passion because I can beat myself up. Because of the frustration or anger or wounding pain I feel. And I, this is the judgment that comes in that makes self-compassion so difficult. Yeah. Or me. And I know for others as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I practice mindfulness and I teach mindfulness. And I had a guest on my show and I just keep stealing this sentence is that self-compassion is the black belt of mindfulness. Oh, I love that. And that's so good. I'm yes. like, is it ever? Yes. Like they're continually like so many parts of me want to forgive, but that goes back to the body work. Mm-hmm. Where is it not integrated? Mm-hmm. Where is it a construct or a thought, but where am I holding it in my body? Right. Right. And that's that's where you know my work really comes in. You're working with somebody, so I'm sure you're experiencing that because it's energetic. Energetic. It's energetic. We're all but energy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So and it's one thing for me to think that and aspire right. towards it, but my body holds different that's right. relationship to it energetically right. and being and able to. And we love to stuff difficult things in our body and not deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Point into my shoulder. <laughs> yes, yep. we do. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. See, this is what I love. You never know where these conversations are going to go. <laughs> I didn't think I'd be talking about my mom. I know, but how awesome is that? Because I know I get so many clients who come to me with mother issues. They don't even know that I have mother issues, but that just seems to be what I attract. And by talking about it here, then we can help other people know that it's okay. It's okay. You can have a hard time. You're doing, you know, being the dutiful daughter. You're trying your best. She's your mother, you know, (laughs) but it can be really hard and that's okay to admit and to talk about, and to work through, and to learn from. And to learn from. Yeah. And to learn from. Yeah. And the learning, again, I feel like I'm being redundant, but this feels worthy of repeating. The learning, again, is always an opportunity for self-compassion. Yeah. I'm hearing, even as I'm saying it, like, to forgive her, I need to forgive myself. Yes. Yeah, that was a big part of mine. It was like, okay, I got to give this up. I got to I got to forgive her for not being the person, but that means I got to forgive myself for putting myself through all the victimhood too. Ah. You know? So, yeah, it's it go, it's both sides. You can't do one or the other. It's it's both. It's forgiving yourself and forgiving the other person. And that's again, that's not something we're taught how to do in this culture. No. We're taught no. the grudge, you know? What just yes. You know, it's like this and right or wrong, that there's always a judgment. And that's to me, when I go back to a spiritual perspective, when I look at 
and this is again, this is, and I feel like I can speak this on your show in a way that I can't speak to on other people's show, but I uh-huh. like a personal, I believe we made some sort of agreement to come into this lifetime and she is here and I'm not sure, you know, I can only speak from my perspective. She is a teacher. She is a catalyst. She is here to help me learn. Mm-hmm. Signed up for that. I signed up for that. Mm-hmm. And what difficult contracts we signed up for. Mm-hmm. Very, very difficult contracts. And so to take it into this sort of flat dimensional black and white, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? Who did someone wrong? Who did it's like my ego wants to go there. Mm-hmm. My sense of identity as a victim wants to go there. Mm-hmm. But it is failing to when I stay there, it's perpetuating both of our suffering, mm-hmm. it's making us more sick. Mm-hmm. And to have that perspective helps me to show compassion for myself and for her. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, that all happens and that perspective taking helps me. But back to the body, the body holds so much of the wounding and the nervous system mm-hmm. is the operating system of our experience of moving through the world. Right. So for me, it's like, yes, the spiritual, but also how do I care for this sacred vessel so that it can be regulated and feel safe? And back to your point, register and recognize there is no actual threat. When I see her expression or I hear her words, I am not in danger. Mm-hmm. How can I get out of my limbic system, get out of sympathetic activation, Mm-hmm. And go to the expansive part of my brain that helps support love. Right. Right. It's actually a lot of getting out of your head and into your heart. Yes. Because our heart, the energy of our heart, it's the biggest. I was just reading this last night or this morning. It's the biggest energy field in our body of anything in our body is our heart field. And that is a very powerful place of love. I mean, yeah. that's its primary purpose, but it's also, it's just a, it just a, is a feel good. If you can kind of, and I, I find myself putting my hand on my heart a lot when I need to calm myself. Do too. Or it, it's just, it's like reminding my body, it's okay. Heart's got this. Yes. You know, we can, we can relax. The heart's not in trouble. We're not in trouble. It's okay. You know, obviously there's times you need to learn to run, right? <laughs> Right. You don't want to do away with that system at all. But just when I'm, you know, and I did this a lot with my mom, when she would wind me up, oh, when I would allow myself to get wound up. <laughs> good, good catch. <laughs> I would find myself in the car going home, just like, you know, please help me be calm. Please help me understand what's going on. Please give me the perspective I need. Please, whatever. Please give me the healing or you know, bring the healing to me that I need. Whatever it was I needed in that day, I would, but I would put my hand on my heart I'm really asking my heart yes to bring that to me to help me receive that yes yeah yes I love that so I do the same I do the same and it's funny I say so when I work with people it's elements of neuroscience it is but it's Mm -hmm. also just energy neuroscience is just energy understand yeah yeah fields in our body and there is there are data around simply the physiological impact of placing a hand on your heart. Yeah, I would say heart chakra or heart meridian or heart space, but it does have a soothing effect. And then using, I will use my name. 
because I've learned this helps. And just in terms of my own experience, it does help when I say, Kristen, or sweetheart, talk to myself kindly. Mm. Just to register, it's happening. I'm dysregulated. I'm activated. And going from wherever the activation is into the head or, you know, placing my hand in my heart and saying, sweetheart, it's happening. Mm -hmm. I love you. Mm -hmm. I know this is hard. Mm -hmm. And breathing. Yeah, that breath is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's lovely. All very humbling. (laughs) It is. It is. It's also, it's, I find it very magical. You know, we're not, again, in our culture, we're not taught to tune into our bodies. I mean, maybe if you're an athlete, but then it's really just the physical part. It's not the spiritual, emotional, thinking internally kind of part. But when you start to realize what your body is capable of, both in terms of holding things for us, but also in creating wellness and health and pain-freeness very quickly, once you get that story out of the way. And I know oh you my God, I want to interview you, you now. <laughs> you right. I want to interview you now, what you just said. <laughs> Can you share an experience of that? I think that if I, yeah. were, listening, if I were listening to your podcast, that's what I would be like, please, what, what is an experience? Yeah, I, ha- I have several experiences with that story being a thing. And the one that I, I like to tell the most often is, and I don't know that I told it on my own podcast, but when I was in my 50s, mom's dementia was in the early stages still, and I had asthma. I didn't know I'd had asthma until I had a kid who had asthma and went, oh, that's what my problem is. And I had been taking more and more medication for that over the years, and it just wasn't working anymore. And a friend of mine put me in touch with a very talented intuitive healer and who lives 300 miles away from me. So over the phone, I had an appointment with her. And in the course of an hour, she released the story of my asthma. And that story was that my mother, yours is sitting on your shoulder. Mine was sitting on my chest. So all of that energy that I had invested around protecting myself, but also all the stories of how dangerous she was to me. I was protecting my heart right here on top of my chest, Uh but I couldn't breathe. Yes. So literally in one hour, she found this story over the phone, I like to let, tell the story because I work at a distance a lot and it totally works, but I trust it because it happened to me. But over the phone, over an hour, and you know, she was working on things and she'd tell me to blow out or cough or something to help the energy move. But she told me that my mother was sitting on my chest. And the minute she said it, I burst into tears. There was a part of me that understood it yeah, and recognized it. And and I have not had asthma since that day. Wow. Yeah. So that's, I mean, yes, that was huge. Now, I, My- worked, I had been working with a couple of healers leading up to that. So I wasn't coming in never having worked with a healer at all. But it was very early in my, my process of becoming what I'm, you know, an intuitive healer myself. Oh, um, that yeah. is such a powerful story that I will never forget. My hope is that one day, and it may not be in our lifetimes, that this is just more commonplace. Yeah. Because people have hit so many impasses medically. Mm-hmm. And the experience, it can feel like gaslighting of going to doctor after doctor yes. after doctor. 
told, yeah. no, there's nothing wrong with the blood right. work. There's nothing going on here. Or you have this, take this medication. When the source is infinitely different than the symptoms that are being addressed. Right. Right. They're not getting at the source. They're getting at the symptom. Exactly. And exactly. like digging out these stories. I feel like you're interviewing me today. <laughs> well, it's so fascinating. It's and this is, I hope, what people really need to hear. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is because that's what comes up on these. But by getting to the stories, I I call it revealing or bringing into the light the stories because I find them in weird places. Women like to stick them in our hips a lot, mm -hmm. but joints for some reason are a place where we we yeah exactly like the shoulders, the elbows. Those are all about flexibility, and you know. And I will find a story and I won't even know what the story is. I will say to my client, you know, I'm getting this weird lyric. You know, it's this lyric from a song that I haven't heard in 40 years. You know? The client knows exactly what it is. It triggers some memory, some story in her, usually her. I do have a few guys. And that story begins to bubble up. And it's something that that person has stuffed and forgotten for whatever reason. So they begin to tell me the story. I ask questions. I'm working with their energy the whole time to help loosen that story up, you know, in terms of helping it to move out. Together, we move that energy. And the pain at least lessens. It often goes away completely. Sometimes we have to do it several times because it can take a while to get to really what's at the bottom. But I find stories so often. And sometimes it's past life stories. Sometimes it's childhood stories from before conscious memory. You know, I've had a few of those for myself come up with other healers. So there's just, there's stories all over our bodies. You know? There's stories, yeah. And, and I'd want to add on, because it is, it is these stories. And beneath stories, really the ground of the story is belief. Mm -hmm. What are we believing to be true? And again, about who we are and what is possible in the world. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. I was just, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many directions I want to go, like an interject. Like, especially if we've grown up and I grew up in a, a home where it also was not, to my nervous system, it was not safe. And there was violence, there was substance abuse. And you internalize the attitudes, beliefs, perceptions so that you can be safe. Right. Quiet one. I was the hidden one. Mm -hmm. Right. Send me to my room. I'll be happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But what I'm also, I just had an experience with the gentleman that I see who is an intuitive healer, and it's the stories, it's also the emotions. And so I have referenced now a couple of times in this interview that I am highly sensitive person in HSP, mm -hmm. which if people don't know what that is, I encourage them. It's a term by Elaine Aronson about how I am wired, about how highly sensitive people are wired. It's not a pathology. It's not a diagnosis. It is just a temperament, so to speak. Right. Yeah. It means I'm very sensitive, very intuitive, very empathic, but it takes special care and requirements to move through the world with this type of wiring. Growing up in the world that I did and the family that I did and moving through the world as a highly sensitive person, there have been some consequences because I've internalized so much. Mm -hmm. And one of those is autoimmunity. I struggled with a couple of autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, and having seen functional medicine doctors and naturopaths and really trying to heal, I've been informed of food intolerances. Mm -hmm. For the first time, I had what to me was such a 
groundbreaking experience that I wish I'd known years ago, but he did a clearing. And really he was able to identify, let's say we took, and we did, we took gluten and dairy, which I haven't been able to eat for six years, which is not to say I don't eat them sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm not supposed to be. <laughs> right. Right. And so he was able to re- recognize my relationship to gluten and he found 13 and he found it in my hips. What happened at 13? What were you eating? What was the relationship? What was the emotion when you were eating the gluten at 13? Huh. Right. And so oh. for me, for me, it was despair and I internalized like self-hatred and I was attempting to self-soothe. But my body, because we are energy, they just take this physical form of gluten, of wheat, and then they couple it with this association of despair and self-hatred, and it becomes like toxic, like that food is the enemy. And so moving the energy around that to open up that I can create a new relationship to gluten and, you know, maybe have to be very judicious in how I eat it. But it just absolutely Mm -hmm. to me was mind-blowing to recognize Back to the energy, the stories, the emotion, the belief, and how they even couple with food or any other things in our yeah. life. Yeah. And clear that. I mean, Lauren, yeah. that was like, yeah. Yeah. Liberty, I, freedom. I've, I've really? had a very similar situation. Same healer I went back to about three years later. And in another hour session, my allergies, which had gotten terrible, I'd ended up in the ICU after getting allergy shot tests. Not even oh, the shots, gosh, the test. So just that. overnight, it was okay. It was, you know, I went into anaphylaxis, which I had never done. I have a son who has severe food allergies. So I knew what was happening to me. So I was telling him, okay, here's what's going on. Oh my gosh. But I could, I could not eat eggs. I would have a, what, they, what is termed a cerebral allergic reaction to eggs. So I would go into panic attacks and anxiety and and just all kinds of stuff. And scallops would make me deathly ill. And there were other things that over the years I could I had learned I could eat a little bit of here and there, but not that. You know, I could have shrimp once a week, but not twice a week where I'd have a reaction to it. I, again in an hour. And she 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 asked me, what's your belief system when I started? I I didn't know what to answer. You know, I said I literally said, well I was raised in the Episcopal church, but I don't really go to church anymore. <laughs> yeah. She said, okay, we'll, we'll just start working. And so partway through, she said, your belief system is that everything, you, that you have to be afraid of everything. Yes. And I, I started to go, no, I don't. Oh my God. You know, it was that revealing it. Just bring it up into the light. Let me look at it. Oh, you're right. You know, and she helped me get rid of it. She got rid of it. I helped. I assisted. She gave me some, some visualizations to use and and I can I eat eggs every day now, never have any situation with it. I can eat shrimp as much as I want to. I can eat scallops. None of it's a problem anymore. Oh, got it. So absolutely. Allergies, autoimmunes, you know, they should be able, if you are ready, if you were willing to do the work, you know, then yes, you can, you can absolutely clear them. It may take a while. There uh-huh. may be a lot of stuff that's got to be cleared out first. Right. But, which I also had been doing, you know, continuing to work between those three that I think it was about three years between the, the asthma and the allergies. So um, what a what a payoff. I mean, I'm willing to do that work. I'm yeah. absolutely willing to do that work. Right. Right. Those are such 
I don't have the right superlative or adjective because it just doesn't match how exciting those stories are. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Because to me, it's just the promised promise of hope. And yeah. I think so many of us who live with autoimmunity or blocked emotions that show up in our body, yeah, it, we, there's just hope is really, really hard. Yeah. Especially when you're in pain. It's really hard to be helpful when you're in pain. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Most of my clients that come in with pain, that's what they come mm-hmm. in with. And they haven't been able to get any help. So, uh-huh. Yeah. I've lived with that for years. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. And women particularly are, are sort of you know, push to the side with that kind of thing. Oh, it's all in your head, honey. <laughs> take this, which then will lead to these right. side. Yeah, and those so side take fa- something else for the side effects. Yeah, yeah. It's just madness. It's absolute madness. Yeah, it's it's the wisdom of, you know, the the way things used to be, where you used herbs. They're they're milder and easier on your body. You did the work with a with a shaman or with a medicine woman, or you know, to to clear out whatever needed to be cleared out. And you were more in touch with your body because we were living in a world where you had to be, you know. I am hoping we're returning to that, you know, with this. Yeah. Standing that sacred wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. We could go on for a long time. We certainly could. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, that this is a good place to, to bring this part of the conversation to a close. I look forward to more conversations with you for sure. I told you guys it would be a good conversation. (laughs) So let's go to the rapid fire. So this is, like I said before we started, it's just for fun. And whatever comes to mind is probably what needs to be heard by our listeners and ourselves today. We're sharing a lot of the same stories. All right. So the first question is, who is or was the wisest person in your life? The person that came to mind, her name was Gloria Simonell, and she started what is called, was called Drawbridge. It was an arts program for homeless children in San Francisco, where I was raised. And I met her in graduate school, and she just had this joyful, loving heart, particularly towards children. Chills. She was a wacky, wild, wise woman. Mm -hmm. Those are the best. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, what's your favorite? self-care practice i mean a tree oh okay i'm right there yeah. with you <laughs> yeah yeah we're kindred spirits <laughs> we are what lights you up when you're feeling down my dog oh yeah what kind of dog do you have he's a cavalier king charles spaniel oh, we have a yeah. lot of those in the neighborhood <laughs> oh god he's he's deaf oh. and yeah, and just he snores really loudly. Anyway, don't get me started on my dog. I love my dog and he likes me out. My mine is in the chair right next to me here. <laughs> so. I wanted to have him in the room, but he'd be snoring too loudly. Yeah. Well <laughs> she's only two. She hasn't started snoring yet. <laughs> what what kind is she? She's a, a mini schnauzer. Oh yeah. sweet. Yeah. Zoe is smart. Zoe brought- oh had a dog named Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. She's brought a lot of light into the house during the pandemic. So <laughs> that was nice. I believe it. All right. The last one is, do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation? Well, I think that the heart thing is really important. Yeah. You know, it's okay, sweetheart, like being kind to myself. And I don't, I know that's not a mantra. Also, the, the, the what I use a lot through my whole life is every action in this world has its echo in the heart. And so to lead from the heart in decision-making, yeah. in self-care, yeah. in our relationship with others. That we should be heart-centered. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I like that a lot. 
Yeah. All right. Can you tell our listeners where to find you? Yes, listeners. You can find me on the podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple, all the major places, how I made it through. And we're actually, I'll tell you as a sneak peek, it's, I was not brave enough in the beginning to do what I actually wanted to do. We've been through season one, which is about people going through challenging things that change them. But I'm now moving into, and I can tell this audience, more of the spiritual how I made it through. So interviewing people who've had near-death experiences, talking to mediums, intuitive healers. So you know I will be reaching out to yes. you. <laughs> Yay! Yes, 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 yes. So people who do hypnosis, life between lives, mm -hmm. and help us really understand the impermanence of our current earthly incarnations to really identify how to live with greater heart and joy and purpose for why we are here. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's, yes, we're definitely kindred spirits. <laughs> we are kindred spirits. And in terms of my coaching business, you can go to KristenTaylorConsulting.com. And Kristen is with an I-N, not an E-N. And I can be found on LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. Well. I want to thank you for being here with us today. And I want to thank the listeners and eventually the viewers, because this will come out on YouTube oh. in 2023. And I really, I hope that you all got something wonderful from this conversation, because I think this was one of the most heartfelt conversations that I've had with a guest so far, because we were talking about things that are really heart-centered and, and heart-painful. And I know that there's so many people out there that have a similar situation whether it's a mom or a dad or just, you know, something dysfunctional that you're trying to trying to rise above or, or make your way through. Like, yeah, let's call it that. Make your way through because you really do have to go through. But remember, you get to keep the wisdom. You don't have to hang on to the beliefs and the pain. And I, I would encourage you, if you are going through something like this, to find somebody to help you because it's hard to do on your own. And there's lots of us out there. I would love to work with you, but I can hook you up with lots of people too if you're looking for somebody. It's very, very easy for those of us who do this to find a good match for you. So, all right. Okay. Thank you for having me. This was lovely meeting oh, you. Wonderful. Yeah, I feel the same way. So thank you for being here. I look forward to being on your podcast. <laughs> all right. Bye all. Be curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future fabulous conversations. And if you had any ahas, please share them in a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to pay forward the unique wisdom we all have. If you want to know more about me or my intuitive energy healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, please head over to my website, www.heartlightjoy.com. Curiously Wise is a team effort I am grateful for the skill and enthusiasm Arlene Membrot, our producer, and Sam Wittig, our audio engineer, bring to this collaboration. Our music is Where the Light Is by Lemon Music Studio. I'm Lauren Wittig. Please join me again next week for another episode of Curiously Wise. From my heart to yours, may your life be filled with love, light, joy, and of course, curiosity.